Christian O'Connell Show podcast. Hey, good evening. It's Tuesday night. Welcome to the Christian O'Connell Show. Yesterday I was asking for movie recommendations, but I'm a very uh, specific type of movie. You know, there are those movies which we hold very dear, and I think they actually stay with us. They show us something about our lives, don't they? And they change you a little bit at the end of it. And I was looking for those movies because over the next six weeks, on a Monday afternoon, with my 13-year-old daughter, who's homeschooling at the moment, and a bit of a fug about it, and I understand I would have been even worse at that age if I had to do homeschooling. Um, we're going to, on a Monday afternoon, uh, I'm letting her knock off early, and but she's got to watch a movie with her dad, and then we have to talk about it afterwards. And yesterday, so many calls. Thank you very much yesterday for all the calls all the emails, I mean, so many emails throughout the day that you're taking time, everything that you've got going on right now, but emails that you'd thought about during the day and, and why this certain movie. And some of you sent me top fives of movies that you've watched with your kids or that you watched with your mum or dad that yeah. stay with you. And there are loads, t- so many great ones. But one kept coming up, I thought, it's got to be that. It's Stand By Me. And so we watched Stand By Me yesterday afternoon at 2.30. I lit a little fire, closed the curtain, so we made a little kind of cub house there and I made some <laughs> snacks and uh, we sat down with the dogs and the uh, the cats, and then we watched Stand By Me. And I think when I first saw this, I think it came out in 86, I was 13. And uh, I remember watching it with my three best mates. And it is about friendship and what happens as you grow older and enter teens and all, when you start to realise some of the ugly truths about life. And I remember we all watched it, and I remember we all cycled out of there together. We'd cycled all the way there. We felt like it was our movie. It was about us, even though we didn't quite fully know what was coming our way as you go into it. And they talk about the movie. Yeah. They even say, this is it before girls came along. You know, the narrator, Geordie, when he talks about it, that's how we were before girls came along. And it's got that... Stephen King is a genius, you know, look at Misery and Shawshank Redemption, which was also a short story, which what this originally was, Stand By Me, called The Body. It's got this great opening line. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. What a, it, you're there, aren't you? It just snaps it your attention. It just draws you straight in. The, Richard Dreyfus, the grown-up Geordie. It's about watching it again now, all those years later, watching it now as a dad with my 13-year-old daughter, of course, is going into that world now. Um, uh, and seeing it again as a you know as a forty seven year old, but with my daughter as well, it had an even deeper meaning for me. I love seeing it. My daughter, she absolutely loved it as well. It's about as perfect a movie as you'll ever see. Yeah. Did you ache? Because I mean, Bianca and I watched it as well, inspired by uh, your movie club. We made a little one of our own. The ache of nostalgia that I felt because I was the same. I saw it originally when I was a teenager and I thought, that's a great movie. But now you watch it again, you think about yourself at you that know, age. We and know you more, don't we? think about your friends at that age. And then what happens yeah. from when you're 12 to where you are now? And that's why it's got these two kind of things that I think make it work and stand the test of time. The movie is seen through the children's eyes, mm. you know, the four of them. But it's also seen through this kind of bittersweet knowing of the narrator's voice who has the knowledge of wisdom and time and knows what happens to them all. Already in the opening scene, you know that Chris dies. He's not going to be there. And when he fades at the end of it, it just, it breaks your heart. It's a And it's a movie about a loss of innocence, isn't it? Even when they talk about their parents, and some of the parents are very neglectful in the movie, you know, and it's quite brutal at times. And this, there are those dark things and the dark things yeah. that happen to his friends, but... There, it's as you said, viewed through the innocence of childhood. So yeah. everything is a little bit matter of fact about it. It's yeah. a beautiful movie. Yeah, there's a scene that I just loved. There are, there are a couple of scenes that really stand the test of time. There's a scene where um, they're all just throwing pebbles and rocks in a can. Yeah, do you remember when you were that age? You didn't even you didn't even have a watch. Yeah. So anyway, when I was at that age, I was thinking, <laughs> I didn't even have a watch. Yeah. I had a phone or emails coming, and you know, people texting me going, "Did you get the email? Yeah. You haven't replied." Mm-hmm. 
Time had no relevance. Yeah. You didn't worry about what you had to do that night, what you no. had to do the next day, what you had to get prepared for whatever's coming up in your life. You're just like, you're in the moment, yeah. completely in the moment. You, you felt like you had your place in the world sorted and then things kind of get chipped away and that's, the, that's the, the full journey of time. But I cannot recommend watching it again. I did some research yesterday evening about the movie. I didn't realise it. It got filmed in 1985 and the independent movie company that signed the rights to this they got brought as the way every, companies just buy each other, but they were doing that in the 80s. There were a lot of different movie companies changing. They got swallowed up. And the new guy at Columbia Pictures who bought this was like, no way, we're not putting money into this. It's a, it's, a, it's a movie in the 80s when there are all these big Spielberg blockbusters. There's E.T. There's all these big movies come out. Indiana Jones. This is a movie set in the 1950s. Yeah. You know, it's actually quite dark. It's a Stephen King book as well. <laughs> so they cancel it. But then one of the guys who made a lot of money from the sale of the independent movie company is Norman Lear. Norman Lear is a big TV sitcom producer at one time in the 70s he was the exec producer of three different um huge sitcoms that were number one on different networks so he made a lot of money when he sold his independent movie company he cut a check for eight million dollars of his own money to make sure that stand by me still got made right. wow so it, it got it was three days away from being cancelled they were just gonna they were just gonna kill it and uh, it's an amazing movie it actually gets better Yep. I thought I, it I got totally so agree. much better. And all yeah. the four kids, they're like teenagers. Yeah. They're giving these amazing performances. You know, Jerry O'Connell, the chubby little kid in it, Lardass, who goes on to become Cush, <laughs> you know, years later as Jerry Maguire's quarterback. And then obviously River Phoenix, it is his movie. He is electrifying. This amazing magnetic presence in there. But there's no... You know when you watch an actor and you're not watching an actor, it feels like there's no filter between them as an actor yeah. and a human being river phoenix i don't know how he did this i think he was 14 or 15 when he made this movie he carries the movie and a lot of very profound deep lines as well and you're watching this three-dimensional very very real performance yeah. of what it is to be a human being not a child and you're thinking what would he have done with his career, what other amazing art would River Phoenix have made? Yeah, well, he had the maturity of an adult in that performance. Yeah. And because he's the leader of the group, it's so perfectly played by him in that movie. Yeah. Go and watch it again. Honestly, you'll, you'll be grateful for seeing Stand By Me. It will, uh, it will, I think it, it's one of those movies. In fact, let's take some causes. What are the movies you've seen in the last couple of years that on a second or third viewing actually not only stand up to the test of time, but actually get better? They're like a fine wine. I don't know whether they've aged. I think it's probably more that we've yeah, aged we've that's aged. what it is <laughs> life has happened to us and sort of come through us and we're, we're different the movie's the same but we are not the same the Christian O'Connell Show podcast guys your discussion about Stand By Me my favourite movie ever has actually had me in tears Andrew I'm really sorry that is not that is not what we had to do this morning we're trying to cheer everybody up Especially uh, you're talking about River Phoenix and just how amazing he is, isn't it? He's incredible. It's an amazing performance from River Phoenix. It's just, yeah, it blows you away. A couple of times, you're like, how was he? It's like that. I guess it's like LeBron and these Michael Jordans and Kobe's, you know, in sport, you know, in Tiger Woods. They, it's an otherworldliness, isn't it? Yeah, there's this scene, and I we were tearing up watching this scene where River Phoenix is telling... Uh, Gordy, that I wish I was your dad because oh, your God. dad isn't yeah. um, seeing what you. your talents are. Yeah. And if I was your dad, then I would encourage yeah. your talents. He says you've got these gifts because they know that when they go to high school, which are about to start, it's all going to change. 
and Chris knows that he's going to be in. You know, he says, "I'm just yeah. going to be in workshop yeah. making birdhouses and ashtrays." Yeah. You'll be with more intelligent kids, you know. And you've got this gift. He says, "You've got this gift from God about your storytelling. You need to do that." And he goes, "I don't want to do that. It's a dumb skill." And he goes, "You're an idiot if you think that." And he goes on to become that writer. Uh, yeah, Angie. Angie says she's going to watch it today. Well, look, over the next couple of weeks, why don't you on a Monday night, if you want to watch the movie that I'm going to watch with my daughter Lois, you're more than welcome to join us, and then we can have a little Tuesday morning uh, film club. <laughs> uh, so this morning, then, I want to know the movies like Stand By Me. By the way, the 13-year-old then, Lois, at the end of the movie, right, we watched the movie. I'm, I'm in tears at the end for different reasons. She's blown away by it. Yeah. It's spellbinding. And, you know, she's got her own reasons why that movie that she probably doesn't even talk to me about. But she's got her own where she can plot on her life, where yep. she is and where they mm-hmm. are. So at the end, I go, what do you think? She goes, it's amazing. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. She said, oh, can we get, like, the poster? I want to put my bedroom wall. Oh, That's what we're on. So while we're yeah. going on and we're, we're getting a poster. And then is it sad that I also got one for myself as well? <laughs> oh. Matching no. daddy daughter posters. Hey, come That's on. so cute. The family that posted together <laughs> stay together. And then I go, What do you think? What do you think it's about? She goes, Well, you know, it's when I see stuff like this, I just feel sorry for you. What? Straight away, I'm like, Oh no, I can't handle any more tears. I'm like, It's like being a therapist. Ther- like, I felt like I was on the couch, like you were on therapy. But the, the therapist is my 13 year old daughter. And I got confused. Went, what do you mean? She said, Well, in the movie there, they're all they're really nurturing to each other. You know, they're they're crying, they're talking about their feelings. You grown ups, I feel sorry for you, Dad, being a guy. It must be awful. You can't talk about your feelings. That is profound. Aww. And I'm like, I, she goes, you that know, is... what they, she said, you know, this thing, toxic masculinity. They don't have it in that. No yeah. one's, no oh. one's having a go at each other for crying. They all cry. They all have their moments, and everybody else supports each other out. Mm. They all, they all lift each other, don't they? Yeah. Like true friendship. Then I'll tell you what it is. Is that phrase, isn't it? It's, it's a cliched one, but that's what it is. There's four kids in this, but actually it's about the relation between Geordie and Chris. Yeah. It's those the other two are younger, aren't they? They are twelve. Whereas they the other two, Geordie and Chris, they have they're they're older and a bit wiser, aren't they? Uh Geordie's sort of the sensitive one, isn't he? And Chris is tougher, but he's sensitive as well. And each of them has what the other one needs. Chris needs a bit more sensitivity and Geordie needs a bit more strength as well. And they complete each other, don't they? In the short story, The Body, it's actually Chris who grabs the gun towards the end. In the movie, it's Gordo. All right. Because it's a coming of age for him. If you see how he lifts it above his head, this is like a thing in many movies of like the sword being pulled from a stone. It's a coming of age moment for Geordie that he is strong enough now to fight back. Whereas the beginning of the movie where he loses the baseball cap, he can't fight back. You see in his eyes when he looks at Kiefer Sutherland, this will be redressed. And it is later on. But in the mo- in the story, it's not. Stephen I want to watch it again. Way. I only watched it last night. I've actually, watch it before I went to bed last night, I, w- I put half an hour into making notes. I might do a podcast <laughs> extra today with you, Jack, where I just need to share these notes about it. I've got a lot more to we say about it. We should do an audio commentary and watch the whole yes, thing again. I loved it. Anyway, we're supposed to be taking calls, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Movies that age... <laughs> Movies that age with time, like Stand By Me. Uh, Joe, good morning. Hi, how are you doing, Christian? Hey, listen, I'm really sorry you're on hold there whilst Jack and I are talking about uh, um, Stand By Me. What's a movie like that that gets better with time? The Princess Bride gets better with time. Yeah, I love that movie. It's so good. What's the line in there? I am the son of a murdered Indigo Montoya. Oh, no. My my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's it. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a great one. That's a brilliant one. Yeah, we have seen it, but years ago. It's a fantastic movie. Also directed by Rob Reiner. Yeah, that directed. Yeah, it gets Stand better by with me. age, yeah. and it gets funnier as you get older. Yeah, the book's great. Too. I haven't seen it, but I know during lockdown, he's been getting celebrities to send 
homemade bits of the movie in, and he's cobbling together a whole oh, version wow. of the Princess Bride. What, like Bond. a fan kind of made version of the Princess Bride? Uh, yeah, but also like Josh Gad is in it, Paul oh, Rudd wow. is playing one of the characters, and they're just all filming it from home. Super low quality, but um, he's going to cobble it together as a full version of the Princess what Bride. What a great thing to do. All right, one last call. Patrick, good morning. Christian, how are you going? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for calling the show. I hope you're well. What's a movie that gets better with time? Uh, definitely The Sandlot Kid. Oh, yeah. Now, Patrick, this came up yesterday after the show when people obviously had a bit of time to think about it. This movie kept coming up. I've not seen it. Tell me about it. Okay. So, basically, Sandlot Kid, in a nutshell, um, boy moves to a new town, um, tries to make friends at a baseball field, ends up grabbing a ball that his stepfather has. The ball is um, signed by Babe Ruth. Um, yeah, it's a great moment because uh, like I'm, I'm really starting to tear up. <laughs> Seriously, you had me at stepfather, the ball. Yeah. Just, all the kids can't already. even afford a ball, so oh, they're like, "Where are we going to get a ball? Where are we going to get a ball?" He goes, "Well, I know, like, to be cool with these kids, I know my dad's got a ball, but it's the one he loves, signed by Babe Ruth. He keeps it on his mantle, and so he sneaks in, steals the ball, and and then they start playing with that the Babe Ruth ball. No way. Yeah. When did it come yeah. out? What's oh, this? 90s? Like early nineties, would you say, yeah. Patrick? Yeah, 93, something like that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Patrick, that's a great one. I might watch that next week. Thank you very much for that one, Patrick. The Christian O'Connell Show. Oh, yeah. Podcast.